everybody, welcome back to the Manga Sunday podcast. And this week I'm actually doing a really, really unique interview. I'm interviewing a, uh, a listener, probably one of my favorite listeners, because he follows me on Instagram, which you should too, by the way, at the Manga Sensei. Um, but he, he did the whole 30-day challenge, and he broke it down, what he was doing every single day for that 30 days. And so I figured I'd get him on the program, ask him some questions, and get his raw feedback of the 30-day challenge, and maybe give you some insights as well to how uh, maybe you might attack this very difficult 30-day challenge. Welcome to the program, Adam. Thanks for having me on here. Of course, of course. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I am a mortgage broker up in Canada, but uh, I spent most of my time before that eight years working in the travel industry and fell in love with Japan even more than I had before then because I got the chance to fly there quite often. I've been about seven times and I'm planning my eighth trip in the new year here. Woohoo! Uh, where's your favorite place? Um, I'm really partial to Kyoto. I was there my very first trip over eight years ago, 10 years ago. And I know it's uh-huh. changed a bit, but I just love the feel of the city and the height restriction on buildings makes it just beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a pretty place. I love Kyoto. I was talking, do you know um, uh, real Japanese Miku? Yes, I follow her too. Yeah, so Miku and I are actually really good friends. And um, we were did a, we were chatting just ye- uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, and we were talking about how there's like this special feeling to Kyoto. Like you go there, and it's just you walk the empty streets on the side of town, and it's just there's something special about that place. I couldn't agree more. I wandered around and got lost so many times, and this is before I had data when I was there. So I would just kind of figure out which way was north and go from there and just figure it out. Yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. I mean, it really, really does. I mean, I don't know. There's something really cool about Kyoto. I, I had a roommate who was Japanese for a long time, and he said, every time I want to feel Japanese, I go to Kyoto. I can definitely see that because they have a beautiful mix of the old and some of the new. But of the places I've been in Japan, like I just feel like I can't beat Kyoto to give me that real, you know, cliche almost Japanese feel. Yeah, yeah. It's the the quintessential Japanese in there. It is. Perfect. So, what are you so how did you come across the 30-day challenge and why did you decide to torture yourself for 30 days? Well, when I first started listening to your podcast, I originally found the your beginnings with the 30-day challenge in there. I listened to a few of those and I really enjoyed how it worked, but um I was lazy essentially. I listened to you gotcha. and then I drop off for a bit because life would get in the way and then when i saw you were making the book via a bit on instagram and i think i saw some stuff on twitter at one point and just your website that i tried to go to at least once a week i put my pre-order in i'm like you know what when i get this as soon as i get it i'm gonna download it i'm gonna print it and this will be my lunch hour at least you know yeah going to learn i want to learn i have more of a reason now than ever before so this was beautiful to help kind of kick me in the butt and get me going again. Yeah, and one thing that we're going to be doing at the beginning of the year now is we're going to be going through Amazon printing. So now everyone that orders one will get not just the uh, the digital version, but they'll also get the physical version mailed to them anywhere in the world, which will be exciting. That is actually, that's why I printed it. The physical version is just, it's easier to learn from paper, I find, because we stare at screens mm-hmm. all day. And I'd like to be able to put my own notes in there or circle something and 
practice mm-hmm. the hiragana and katakana. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I felt as well. Something that we wanted to put. So we we th- we found two main things when we went through it that we definitely needed to fix up. We needed to put in more a little bit more worksheets on hiragana katakana, and then we need to put the answer key physical in the back. Yeah, and then we also <laughs> needed to make sure it was physical for people to touch. Because it's a it's a very visceral thing being able to kind of play with the book and write in your own notes so you remember how something works. Very much so. I mean, I printed off a couple of practice sheets that I put right after the Hiragana and Katakana days so I could practice mm-hmm. in there. And yeah. I agree, like having something to touch, at least for me, it means like this is real. This is something I'm going to do. Whereas if it's digital, I mean, be it a digital book or even a game now when I download it digitally, I'll, I'll tend to forget it a little bit more often than not. Right, right. So walk me through walk me through like the first five days or so. How did you feel about the first five days of the challenge when you kind of went through Hiragana Katakana really fast and then started jumping into grammar points? Well, definitely the first day for me, like Hiragana came when I studied beforehand, came a little easier. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it. I thought like, you know, I got this. Katakana was, I'm a bit weak, right? Because you don't use it as much, I find. Yeah, you don't. But uh, And I, I still struggle with it because I don't practice it enough, but I can kind of get the gist of it. Then when I was getting to the grammar points, I mean, it was fun. I was learning things that I've heard, and I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Like, the for especially day three, I think it was, when we talk about wa. Yeah. So And it made a little more sense to me. I mean, I'm still a bit fuzzy, but that's why I want to do it again and practice more. And then get right. further and further into the grammar points, it was... You know, it was a little more enlightening because I've tried to work through Genki. I've tried just doing sporadically on my own, just finding things on the Internet. But I liked how it was laid out. You know, this is what we get. You got two, three pages of this is the grammar point. You stick to it. You can kind of pound it into your head. And since it's a book, especially, I can go back to it whenever I want. Like if I'm 15, 20 days in, I'll be like, I remember learning this on day three or day four. I'm going to head back there. I'm going to take another look because when we're human, we have other things we have to remember. We can't all just practice it every day. It's just right. the ability to refresh myself simply. I know what page to go to. It was great. Yeah. So did you, so one of the reasons I structured the book like I did with doing particles is I kind of try to give people a way to actually see. And I, I think people are more intelligent than, than textbooks give them credit for. And so I figured if I gave them actual information on what to do with the, each of the grammar points, people could figure things out themselves, especially if they have examples. Did you feel it was better to have the explanations and the examples, or did you feel it would be a little bit better to have something where it was like a little more uh, conversational? Personally, I do like the explanation and examples. Sometimes conversational, like it's a little... I don't want to say harder to follow, but it's kind of the best way I can to describe it. Having an example, an explanation, I can build myself around it. And it's easier to understand with a conversation. I feel like, especially in the beginning days, you're trying to follow this conversation that's going to have definitely more advanced stuff in it than what you're learning. And you get a little scared of what's to come and it'll kind of push you away. Whereas... Mm-hmm. I do like being spoon-fed when I'm trying to learn something like this because it's a little easier on the brain and I don't have to psych myself out. Right. And it should give you the building blocks to kind of make something of your own eventually. 
Yeah, and that's what I found. I'm understanding it a bit more. I mean, I've mentioned in my Instagram post that my biggest fault I found with myself was I didn't really do any of it verbally. I was doing it all Uh because I was sitting in Starbucks the whole time and I don't want to look like too much of a crazy person. I'm just going (laughs) to read a book. I've got some background music on my headphones and I will read it to myself, write some notes, maybe some flashcards that day. But I'm positive had I done more verbal things, I would have retained more than I did, even though I'm sure it's a lot more in my memory because when... I read things from one of my coworkers at work who's Japanese. I'm understanding more of what she's doing and I kind of get things out in my mind, just not so much vocally quite yet. Right, right. So from when after you kind of got into the when did you feel you kind of got into the gist of studying one gram point a day? Did that take a little bit of discipline or because I've heard from our study we found that People quit the 30-day challenge at about day 13 to 15. Um, and then we found out there was a large drop-off there. Why do you think that is? I think a big part of that was, because like even for me, is the weekends. Like During the week, it's a yeah, bit easier because, you know what, we've all got our lunch breaks. It's a bit easier to do it at that time or sometimes early in the morning before you go to work or after because it gets you off of your, you know, I'm at work, I'm kind of bored or I'm just stressed from that. This takes away from that. But the weekends for me was a little bit harder to find the time. I mean, I'd be at my girlfriend's place and I'd be like, nope, I've got to stick to this. And I did it. It was just a little harder because I'd push it later in the day. And once you get later in the day, it's hard to do almost anything productive, I find. Yeah, I think I think it really rings through on you put on day twelve. Um, actually day 11, I think day 11 seems to leave Saturday busy, but I'm going to get this done by the time I'm back to Japan next year. I can speak to this person, family and family a little more. And then you went on day 12. It's also a review of the last few days of information because it's been a lot exclamation mark. Sunday is always a hard day for me to study very busy with men. And I just want to relax before another week of work. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to, like, especially Sunday. That's the only day I have zero obligations. I kind of like to try and keep it that way. And I eventually started to remind myself that this is something I want because I really want to be able to speak to my friend's family. I've Last time I was there, I met her aunts, uncles, her grandma, and they all loved me. They gave me gifts. In fact, my friends came to Canada for another friend's wedding. And they brought uh-huh. me a kimono, actually, from that her grandma had made in the family a couple, like, 20, 30 more plus years ago. And it was for oh, me to wow. keep that I got to wear. And the reception there, I was the man of honor there. So oh, well, congratulations. I got this beautiful kimono from them. And I'm like, I want to say thank you to them in their language because they try so hard to speak English. And my friend, she's mm-hmm. fluent. I mean, she tries to say she isn't. And it's so terrible. But sometimes her English is better than mine. I mess up my own language so often it's not even funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you, man. I'm there with you. But no, I think that, that motivation there is interesting. I, I find there, there comes a point, I think, at least in my Japanese study, um, at least I remember this point fairly well because I was in Japan and I was crying all the time trying to get this language down. But there comes a point where you figure out why you want to do it, and that becomes a major catalyst for you. 
I, I learned for myself that I wasn't going to study Japanese for me. I was going to start studying Japanese for somebody else. Exactly. I was going to start doing it for the people that I was meeting, the people that I was teaching, the people that I was working with, because they're more important to me. That's exactly how it was for me, because like I was saying, it was her family. But I think the biggest push for me was my best friend. She had her first child, her little daughter mm-hmm. named Sumugi. And I am the oh. Canadian uncle, and it's my job to teach her English in the future. So uh-huh. I should really be able to speak some Japanese, and I want to be able to connect because I don't plan on actually having a family myself. So this is kind of an extension, and I feel like I'm part of their family, and they've invited me to it. So it's just right. that was the biggest push for me, the, the family, and then finally their daughter. is just, you know what? This is much bigger than just myself. I want to do mm-hmm. it for them. That's awesome. That's awesome. So with that in mind, taking that to the challenge, what would you say to people that are, say they, for example, they're studying Japanese and they're on day 11 and it's just, it's starting to get hard. What do you, what do you say to them? Um, push through it. Cause even if you get through to the end, like even if you don't make it to the end of it, I should say you tried, you can start at day one again. There's nothing saying that, if you messed up on day 11, 12, day two, you can always start again. I mean, it's going to be there. You'll get it. You just need to push yourself, make the time. And what I found, even with other 30-day challenges I've done in, with yoga, for instance, is if I know I can't make a day, double up on another day or say my 30-day challenge is Monday to Friday because you know what? Saturday and Sunday, I can't do it. I'm too busy. I got my things to do. Right. And there's no law saying you can't do that. It's just, no, you work it around your schedule. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So where, where do you think was the hardest part for you? For me, I'd honestly say getting like to the midway point, I was day 15, 16, somewhere in there. And I was just like, this is a lot. Like, I can't believe the different nuances to it. I mean, I think I even stated in one of my posts that it's more structured and almost simpler than English. But when you're a native English speaker, trying to not directly translate and directly like this is how it should be and think Japanese is the hardest part. Uh huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I know right now if I went back some days, I'd read it again. I'd be like, Oh, that's what it was. And I, cause I'm sure I would have forgotten. And it's, it's difficult and I'm not oblivious to that anymore. I, this is hard. It's going to be hard, mm-hmm. but everything that's uh, hard, it's really worth it. If it's, you just got to push yourself, have some fun with it too. Don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. If you fall off the wagon, if you mess up, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And I think you have to be able to forgive yourself. I, that's why I tell people you have to make 10,000 mistakes to become fluent. You can't just, you know, suddenly just make it overnight and moreover that you're going to make mistakes and that's important. You need to make them to be able to make progress. Oh, definitely. And that's actually one of the things I love most about Anga Sensei is to kind of reinforce that to myself and to anyone else who'd be listening or reading because it's true. If you don't make mistakes, I mean, you're probably in school and terrified of making a mistake, but we learn from all of our mistakes. That's how we learn English. I mean, you can, none of us can really remember learning our native language, but we made lots of mistakes. 
But we were kids. And we yeah. weren't scared. And the mistake is just like, oh, whatever. I made a mistake. And thanks for teaching me this. Or we could even argue that, hey, my mistake was right. But you learn over time. Yeah. It's a thing. It really is a thing. I, I think it's an amazing thing when you kind of can forgive yourself for any mistake you make and just be like, okay, cool, whatever. I made a mistake. Moving on. Pretty much. You got to get get out of your head, right? You got to think, yeah. I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect in anything. But, you know, I'm practicing. And one of my yoga teachers always says, practice makes practice. Yeah. It's, I'm not practicing to be perfect. I'm practicing and I'm just going to keep practicing because no one's going to be perfect ever. We're going to have our off days. We're going to make mistakes. And there's going to be things that will just never stick. And I've come to terms with yeah. that. No, I had um, – it was it was a great bit of advice I, I heard from somebody. I think it was Akiko Katayama, the gal who was on the, on the chef's table, the last table. Mm-hmm. And um, she said something really quite clever. She said – um, so you're telling, she's like, people that make are afraid of mistakes confuse me, especially when learning a language, because she said something along the lines of, so if I learn the language, am I suddenly going to stop studying it? I love it. So I'm going to keep studying it. Well, and that makes perfect sense. You're going to keep studying because you love it. And if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Yeah. And for the vast majority of us that are learning Japanese, we're not going to be living in Japan. So we're not going to be using it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. unless we make ourselves do it. I mean, then there's obviously yep. going to be some of us that want to move there, myself included. I'd love to do that someday, but if that day ever comes and I've learned Japanese over this next year and say I don't move there for another 10 years, if I don't use it in that 10 years, it's going to be like day one again. Right. So you got to use it or you're going to lose it for sure. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk a little bit about the the – the rundown when you get past you get past the the hump at day 15 or so day 13 through 15 there and then you when when did you feel you kind of hit your stride did you ever feel like you hit your stride with it honestly i think i hit my stride closer to day 25 26 okay the hump just some of it just felt like it was bombarded with even though it was one point or maybe two it felt like a lot and kind of hard to wrap my head around but then when I got mm-hmm. further, I kind of – that's when I even reminded myself. I'm like, I probably won't wrap my head around it completely yet. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to input as much as I can, and I'm going to learn from it. And when I do this 30-day challenge again in January, like I'm planning, I'm awesome. going to learn more. I'm going to follow everything again. I've got a couple challenges I'm going to start on January 1st, but I'm just going to push myself. I'm going to learn it again and just keep doing it and doing it, and this time start talking. I'll – Walk around outside talking to myself if I have to. Nice. Dude, do it. Do it. Get it. That's awesome. So what are some what are some critiques you have of the, the textbook? I want to hear things so we can make it better. Uh, the biggest two for me initially were mm-hmm. the vocabulary. I liked okay. having it, but I really wanted it with the day it was correlated to. Instead of having it at the front of the book. Gotcha. Like having it with the day. So I've got it right there instead of having to go back and forth. Because I found I would forget to do vocabulary for a couple days. And I'd have to go back to it, read Mm. through it all. But if I kind of have it right there, then I can Uh do it right away. And with any kind of test I've ever done, especially if I've slacked, I will go through a glossary of vocabulary and I'll write it down. Because if I read it, I'm just going to forget it. 
I want to write now. Gotcha. So even in the book, if we had a couple lines just on the back of the vocabulary page or even with each one to write it yourself. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way we get practice writing the uh, hiragana and katakana too, which if you don't write it, you're going to forget it. Mm-hmm. The other one was, again, with writing, especially the days one and two, I personally printed off a couple sheets that I put between those days to practice my hiragana and katakana. Nice. So, And plus I had a sheet with myself for stroke order. Okay. No, that's good. I think that's something we can definitely try to incorporate. I think those are both very, very good criticisms that we definitely should jump on. Because... Like I've been saying most of this time here is if you don't do it, it's going to go over your head. So, mm-hmm. And then actually um, in the book with some of the assignments that we have in there, I found mm-hmm. the space to write was kind of small. Maybe when I put it into Adobe, it shrunk itself when I went to go print it. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it just felt like the space was a little small. And I've got terrible writing in English. My <laughs> Japanese is horrendous. I need space because I'm going to write like a three-year-old. You should see my co-founder's handwriting. It's horrid. John, I love you to death, man, but holy smokes, dude. (laughs) I'm with you. I got people at work that uh, just won't let me write on some of the files now because they don't want to think toddlers work here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. uh, I feel you so much, man. John gives me notes sometimes. He's like... Hey, I wrote this out so we can incorporate it. We need to change these things on the website. Or he's like, hey, we need to, you know, make sure we contact the person for the interview or whatever it is. Because he, John does so much stuff. It's ridiculous. But I always get his notes. I'm like, okay, can you just text it to me? Because I can't read your handwriting, John. Just please, please text it to me. Yeah, that's uh, what I have to do. Thank goodness for computers. Because if I didn't have them, I couldn't read my own notes later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel you. So... Originally, I wanted to call the book, um, I'm, I still might write this book called um, How to Learn Japanese Like a Badass, <laughs> because but I wanted to make it a little more intense, Make it, but it was more angled to people already living in Japan. I feel like that was a little too niche, and it was I wanted people to go and do like crazy stuff like I had to do when I was in Japan. I had a guy I lived with, and he was insane, and we would go, he would kind of put me in these situations where I had to act, which I was really appreciative of later. Like we would go to a place on a train and they'd be like, okay, get back home. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, what? And we were in a place where there wasn't any English under the Japanese characters. So I either had to talk to somebody or not go home. Yep. (laughs) And he was, he, he would always watch me make sure I was, you know, taken care of, but it was, it really encouraged me when I would when I came back from Japan's last time to be like, you know what? Maybe I should do something like that. But I was like, no, just stick with thirty day challenge. People people like it. People know it works, and just add some daily actual physical challenges they can actually try to do. You know, kind of kind of write down your friends' names. You know, things like that. I think that'd be a blast to make it more, you know, social, especially like a Facebook group because all those beach body things and all these workout people they do Facebook groups to have accountability. And I think it's a right. great idea. And then it gets more people working together. And again, again, with the accountability, I can check with, hey, John Sensei, did you do this today? Right. That would be cool. Hey, guys, if you guys want to do a Facebook group, um, I, I can make one. <laughs> like, that would be really easy, actually, really chill. Yeah, it'd be fun. And we can upload our own pictures. And 
if you want to do your 30 day like I did on Instagram with my own hashtag, I did Manga Sensei 30 day challenge. It helped me because people were watching and we all have that little thing in our heads that we want to be competitive. And I saw my account growing and I'd never really used Instagram before. I'm like, hey, I have more people following me. This is fun. Right, right. No, it was it was a blast. Like I saw one there was like, he's making it. He's making it. <laughs> it was it was so much fun. I mean, granted, people then saw how much Starbucks I drink, but you know what? I did see that one day. She's like, I may be, I'm at Starbucks again. I may have a problem. I know I have a problem. I walk in and they know what I want. So, <laughs> yeah. And then the girlfriend just thinks, have you had enough snowman cookies yet this year? And you're like, no, sweetheart, I have not. Exactly. Silly. My goal is to get okay, her so on the challenge. Do it. Do it. If she, I want to. I want to hear what she thinks too. So we'll we'll, we'll check it out. So this is what we're gonna do then. So my last question, my big question for you, is, and I'll let you kind of do a little diatribe here if you like. But um, now that you've completed the 30 day challenge, and you, of course you said you're gonna do it again in January, mm-hmm. but how did it feel knowing that you did the 30 day challenge? You went through and had over 600 vocabulary words. You have well, you knocked out. A, at least a grammar point a day went through two voca through two syllabary systems and established a foundation for Japanese in doing more than people do in 101 in 30 days I felt relieved and astounded that I actually made it all the way through um, a little part of me was disappointed that I didn't retain as much as I would have liked but mm-hmm. Like I said before, practice makes practice. And I learned more in those 30 days than I did in my university course I took on Japanese, which, as I talked to you earlier before the podcast, I didn't finish because of work. But yeah, I learned so much about grammar and just different vocabulary. It actually had the sense of accomplishment that I can't wait to dive into this further and I'm not as afraid of the kanji. I'm still terrified, but not quite as terrified anymore. (laughs) That is goal number two that I think I'll start February after I do this challenge again. Nice. It was a wonderful feeling. I mean, just pushing yourself, getting it done and seeing, especially if you do it like post like I did and you can see that you've done all 30 days. It's awesome. Awesome. That's what I that's what I want to hear. That's why I made it. I want to be able to be accomplished. And so one thing we're talking about doing is doing a t-shirt or a hoodie that said says in Japanese, I completed the 30-day challenge with our little symbol for the 30-day challenge. I so, that'd uh, be fun. Definitely. Cool. Like uh I mean, I'm the kind of guy who also I've got a couple shirts from different Japanese YouTubers that I follow, like abroad in Japan. I've got some of his in Tokyo Lens. I mean, I love nice. I love to have the swag. I mean, it's it's fun. It makes me feel kind of part of that niche community. I listen to the, this. I enjoy it, and kind of got a little family with all those people. Awesome. That's that's amazing. Thank you, th- thank you, Adam. I really appreciate you not only taking time during your lunch break here, but also taking the challenge and giving me this good feedback. This is what makes manga sensei better. Is we're not per- we're going to kind of be perfect for my first book anyway. Oh. Like- we're gonna we can't expect building. to be perfect right away, right? And no, you would not know how to write a book if you didn't try to do one in the first place. 
Yeah. I mean, how many 26-year-old kids can say they wrote two books there, you know, in a year? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, there's a few mistakes. Funny enough, I found more of the mistakes in the English than the Japanese. (laughs) Well, we're fixing those. My wife's actually an editor. She's like, I'll edit it. I was like, we need to edit it before the day it releases. She's like, I'll edit it. I was like, okay, it's releasing tomorrow. She's like, I'll edit it. And then we never got it (laughs) super well edited. So the the next, what are we sending out to everybody that already got a 30-day challenge, a free upgrade when we send it out in January 1? And then the next one will be printable, not printable, will be physical, and you can kick it that way. Beauty, I can't wait to have another copy in my hands to go through it all again. It'll be a blast, man, and thank you so much. We really do appreciate it here at Manga Sensei. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm sure I can speak for all the listeners. We appreciate that you take the time to do those five-minute blurbs on a daily basis or at least try to do it daily. It, we do our best. It's hard sometimes. We try to make sure we get some good new information. And keep it up. I can't wait to listen to more. It'll be good. Hey, uh, with that, I'll uh, I'll let it run off. Why don't I let you do the outro? Um, sounds good. I mean, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast. And don't forget, uh, takes ten thousand mistakes to become fluent. So go on out and make those mistakes.